Just a quick message before the episode gets underway. I want to let you know that there is an opportunity to sponsor the RG10 podcast. More about this at the end of the episode, so keep listening. Welcome to the RG10 podcast, brought to you by the people behind RG10 magazine. The aim is to bring you interviews, information and entertainment. In fact, anything interesting that's relevant to living around here. In June of last year, a report named Wokingham Borough as the most prosperous place to live in the UK. But for many families in the area, that boast must ring rather hollow. A local charity called First Days, who help low-income families or those experiencing financial hardship, has seen a huge demand in their services recently. I've been speaking to Emma Cantrell, the founder of the charity. We talked about the current situation the cost of living crisis, and also how families will be dealing with Christmas. Emma, who are First Days? What do you do? So we support families who are living in financial difficulty or suffering the effects of low income in Bracknell, Reading and Wokingham. We provide support with essential items, things that are too expensive for the household budget, so things like school uniforms, beds, baby equipment, toiletries, all those things that are essential but are really expensive. We also do a lot of outreach work in the community. So often it's really, really difficult to put your hand up and ask for help. So we go into the communities where we know people who need our help are likely to be and we set up and we build relationships with families. We get to know them, we get to know what their needs are and we get to work out the best way we can support them. And one of those ways is by um, offering one-to-one coaching, which is a service we provide in-house. And there's also a lot of signposting and kind of ensuring that people can get hold of the best support. You know, we hold a lot of information about what's available in our area and we're able to give that to families as well. So it's that kind of holistic support for families as well as providing them with essentials when they really need them. So tell me, how did First Days start? So I started the charity uh, 10 years ago, um, this January just coming up. Um, I've always worked with vulnerable families uh, and vulnerable people um, throughout my career before I had children of my own. And then I had children of my own. And um, what I found was that my neighbours and my friends would turn up with uh, bags and bags of baby stuff. Um, My husband called it middle class fly tipping because it was a very, very polite way to empty your loft onto an unsuspecting new family. And um, what I knew was that in our community, even in our community here in Wokingham, there was a huge amount of need, especially for single parents who just couldn't afford all the things that you need for a baby. So things that are expensive, like pushchairs and prams and, you know, babies grow very quickly. So their, their needs change all the time. And I just realised that it would just need a broker between the two. Now, that was 10 years ago um, and that there was a need, but it wasn't a huge need. And over the last 10 years, that need has grown and the charity has evolved and expanded. And, you know, we, we now offer that really kind of intelligent and needs led support um, to sadly now thousands of local children. That is absolutely amazing. If you consider uh, what an affluent place Wokingham is. The fact that you said 10 years ago there was a need, the need has grown even more. Um, when you tell this to people, when you're trying to gain support for first days, does that surprise people? What kind of reaction do you get? 
Absolutely. I mean, if I tell you there are in Berkshire, there are 45,000 children that live below the poverty line. And in Wokingham alone, it's around 5,000. So and what that means is that it's 5,000 children who live in households where they have less than £19 a day to live on after they've paid their rent and their utility bills. So that's £19 a day for food, clothes, technology, broadband, travel to work, travel to school, all of those things that you need to run a family home. And it's just not enough money. And to think that there are 5,000 children just in Wokingham living in that situation, is uh, that has to shock anyone. Because as you say, we're a really affluent place. So it's, it is really, really surprising. And this situation, one would expect, is only going to get worse as well. Over the last few months, what have you been seeing? What are you expecting to see? It's really, I'm I'm so, so concerned. I'm, I'm really, really worried about the, not only the families we support, but families who are out there now wondering how on earth they're going to make ends meet over the next few months. I think people will be holding their breath between now and Christmas, trying to make it to Christmas, trying to get, you know, gifts and Christmas dinner and all those things. And I think in January, February, March, we're going to see real hardship in our communities, families who simply can't make ends meet. And the big concern for me is those families who have never had to access charitable support before will probably now need help. There is a whole host of families who just won't be able to make ends meet for the first time. And it's those ones who we need to really encourage to come to services like First Days, where there's no stigma, there's no judgment. There's just people here who want to support and be kind and help. But it's it's really, really worrying time. And it's that stigma that you say there. It's not not an easy decision for people to make, is it? They never would have thought they'd be in that decision in the first place. Sorry, they'd never think they'd have to make that decision in the first place. Totally. It's really, really hard. And I mean, putting your hand up and saying you need help in any situation can be quite difficult. But money is such a um, private and it has so much shame attached to it and stigma. And actually, the message that we want to say loud and clear is that if families are suffering right now, it's as a result of this cost of living crisis. It's because prices have got unbelievably expensive you know there's nothing that people have done that they need to feel that it's their own fault that they're in this situation and actually there's no shame at all in putting your hand up and saying oh you know I was okay and now I'm not because there are for every one person who comes forward to us we know that there are so many more who um, are plucking up the courage and you know and just need that extra push to ask for that help. Now, obviously, I don't want you to name names or give, give away anything like that. But are you able to give me any uh, real life examples, any case studies, if you like, of, of the kind of thing you see at first days? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a real mixture. So we definitely come across families where children don't have a bed to sleep in. So we regularly we give beds out to families where children are sleeping on coats on the floor or they're sleeping you know on um blankets w- without a bed there was a family who we um there were four little boys uh living in the house and they didn't have any beds they were i think they were sleeping on two double mattresses on the floor it wasn't you know it wasn't the best situation wasn't really suitable we were able to put bunk beds in the house and that was the first time those boys who were kind of raging, uh, ranging from age four to 10 um, had slept in beds. 
we were able to put bunk beds in the house and the mum message saying that the boys had run in from school got into bed and didn't even want to get out for their dinner they were so excited to sleep in a bed so that's the kind of extreme end of the scale and then the other the other type of family we see are people where both parents are in work um you know they're working perhaps in in lower income lower wage jobs and they're just not managing to be able to put food on the table, heat their homes and provide school uniform. And it's just a little bit of support with one of those things keeps their heads above water. Yeah, the, the, you talk about the support and the coaching you give to parents. I guess that's incredibly valuable as well, isn't it? Not just the financial aspect, but, you know, not giving people confidence, but letting people know there is someone there to listen who kind of really cares for them about their situation. It's interesting you say that about confidence because so much of it is about confidence. You know, when when life gets difficult, confidence gets knocked. So um, a lot of it is about having the confidence to find solutions to people's own problems. You know, no one wants to be relying on a charity. I've yet to meet a family who are happy about the fact that they have to come to an organisation like mine for help with things like school uniforms or Christmas presents. It's not a it's not a desirable place to be. As a parent, your instinct is to provide for your children. It's not to have to rely on someone else to provide for your children. So it's a it's definitely about building confidence. It's about equipping people with the tools they need that they've lost for whatever reason, you know, financial difficulty can really batter you in terms of your ability to just take on life and take you know, the next thing on. I think it's about building that confidence, giving people the tools they need to move forwards. And um, that's amazing when we can do that. And when someone doesn't need our help anymore, it's fantastic. How do you as members of staff deal with the emotion of it all? You, You can't help but take the work home with you in that respect. That's a really interesting question, because I think in a lot of ways, you have to be connected to it emotionally. Um, if we, if if I wasn't connected emotionally to the situations I was seeing, the conversations I was having, you can't have that level of empathy. And you know, you need to be able, even as even when you're doing fundraising or marketing or whatever, you have to be able to feel what's going on in people's lives to tell those stories well. But certainly to support families, you do have to be um, emotionally vulnerable but there is there is an element of having two things I like to describe it as having a soft heart and a tough mind so you have to have that resilience and that strength in your mind to be able to switch off to know that we can't do everything to um you know to help everyone um but to keep that soft heart is really really important because that's where you can have so much empathy and compassion and and kindness for people but don't get me wrong it is hard and there are some days where I do kind of cry all the way home and you know actually just feel really grateful for everything I have in my life I'd like to go on to talk about Christmas now. Um, there's, you know, it's not going to be easy at Christmas for many, many people. What are you doing in particular? So 
One of the big things that's really important to us at First Days is giving families choice. It's the first thing that's taken away from you when finances are hard. You know, if you have to use a food bank, you, you don't often get to choose what you eat. Um, there's so many, if you if you have to rely on housing support, you don't get to choose where you live. There's so many choices that are taken away. So what we do is we set up a big Christmas shop where families who are in desperate need can come to our shop and they can choose gifts for their children. So they get to come in, they get a really dignified, amazing shopping experience. They get to choose gifts for children aged 0 to 18. Um, we've got wrapping station with people helping wrapping them up if that's useful. And then they get to go home and, you know, have done their Christmas shopping essentially with us, um, but free of charge. So um, we have got over a thousand well, the, the parents of over a thousand children booked in over the next few weeks to come shopping with us. Something else I saw on your website, your HQ, um, you have in it uh, a part of it, I guess, called the snug. The fact that you're inviting people in there to keep warm is it's almost damning on the situation we're in at the moment. It really is. It's so, so upsetting. But actually, you know, for for parents especially, so for parents of young children below school age, um, having things to do during the day can get expensive. You know, soft play centres and coffee shops and things all come with a cost. So what we have created is a play area and a kind of lounge area where um, families can come in, they can have a hot drink, they kids can play, you know, they can have a chat with us and um, with each other and just spend time, yeah, unfortunately keeping warm. But if that means that they don't have to have the heating on all day at home, you know, it's saving those um, pennies and well, pounds these days um, that that costs. So we're glad to be able to provide that. But it is it's very, very sad that we have to. Well, Emma, thank you so much. Thanks for talking for me today. And if people do want to get involved, if they do want to help you out or indeed if they need some help themselves, what should they be doing? Everything is on our website, firstdays.net. You can um, click there how to support us and you can buy gifts off our Amazon wish list or you can support us financially. And uh, every penny we are very, very grateful for at the moment. Um, no, times are difficult for everyone. And if times are difficult, then there's a really, really simple form to fill in to request support. And one of our wonderful, kind, lovely team will give you a call and talk about how we can help you. That was Emma Cantrell, founder of the First Days Charity. Thanks so much for listening to the RG10 podcast. We're now into Series 7 of the show. We've been going over two years and we've passed half a century of episodes. I'd love to give a massive thanks to our loyal local listeners and it's because our listeners are so loyal and so local that makes us such an attractive proposition for sponsors. So if you're interested in sponsoring an episode or even the whole show, then we'd love to hear from you. Finally, if you've got any thoughts about who or what we can include in future episodes, then please do let us know via the rg10mag.com website or on any of our various social media channels. Thanks for listening and goodbye.